Welcome to The Real Game, a podcast by coaches for coaches. I am your host, Matt Philbrick. Welcome back to this episode of The Real Game. I am your host, Matt Philbrick, and we're back here recording another episode this week. I have a special guest with me on today that I found. I actually just kind of stumbled upon him as I was looking through Spotify one day. Uh, I was, oh, I'm always looking out for good basketball and coaching podcasts, and I came upon uh, this one called Coaching Youth Poops that I've been enjoying. I've listened to multiple episodes and uh, as a basketball coach, it's all real applicable and relevant things to myself. So it kind of piqued my interest. So I reached out to one of the guys on the podcast. His name is Coach Collins, Steve Collins. He's with me today. Good to have you here today, Coach. In just a couple minutes, I'm going to give you a chance to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your coaching journey and how you've kind of gotten to where you are today. But Coach, you have a ton of, of coaching experience. Um, I looked through your webpage a little bit. You have a website called uh, teachhoops.com. You have a Facebook page, multiple podcasts. You've been doing this for a long time. Um, you uh, are in the state of Wisconsin. I know we chatted briefly about my uh, brief experiences there. Um, but anyways, welcome welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on here. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing and how you arrived at this point in your life. <laughs> that's a, that's more than 40 minutes right there. I know. Right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a tough uh, one. So I've always loved coaching. Um, I had great coaches kind of growing up, um, a lot of different mentors. So something I, you know, I'm, I think I'm fifth generation teacher. Um, and you know, the coaching teaching thing just seemed to be hand in hand. I'm a math teacher, teach statistics. Um, I'm married to a psychologist. So every coach should be married (laughs) to a psychologist. Let me tell you, uh, but anyway, um, I think I'm approaching year 35, 36, 37 on coaching. And um, okay. uh, yeah, just, you know, Todd, Northern Wisconsin, Wausau. We didn't talk about that beforehand for seven years. Did a lot of hunting and fishing early in my mm-hmm. bachelor days and then uh, moved to, to Madison and, and you know, really wasn't looking for a head job, but ended up kind of falling into one. Um, the head coach became the principal. I got the job. I I was just telling somebody yesterday, October and the season started in November. Um, so to talk about being thrown in the deep end. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I've just been, you know, really blessed with great two staffs. I've had two staffs in 30 years, um, which is as a coach is wonderful because you build mm-hmm. a camaraderie with that. And then, um, you know, at late, you know, in 2017, 2016, 2017 was looking for, you know, my exit plan per se, um, you know, well, how can I give back to the game that's given me so much? Um, and that's where my podcast came. I have seven podcasts, actually, if you believe <laughs> that. Um, I have coach. I don't know how you keep up with all those. I don't. It's trust. Trust me. I'm partly yeah. a vampire. Uh, <laughs> coach Unplugged, High School Hoops, Coaching Youth Hoops, um, the Five Minute Basketball Podcast, and then a couple specific ones, my Funnel Down Defense and blah, blah, blah. Um, But anyway, so started doing YouTube and started doing um, those kind of things. I wanted to get back. So I think Mm -hmm. podcasts are when you when you go into someone's ear, 
you get a connection with them. Definitely. There's something yeah. unique about podcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, started with YouTube, kind of pivoted into that. Have a Facebook group that has like 120,000 people in it. So I'm trying to be as many places as I can to just give back to this game. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's where my teachhoops.com and coachingyouthhoops.com, I started that with Bill. Mm-hmm. They're different ones, more for a high school coaching youth hoops. Is we didn't think there was a lot out there for youth basketball coaches. There right. aren't um, yeah. with practice plans, with how to deal with parents. Just mm-hmm. did a course on you know all the administrative stuff as a youth coach. What do you have to do administratively? And right. um, that's where this kind of all came came about. So um, okay. it's been great, and you know I'm a couple, probably a couple handful of years away from retirement, and then. Uh, I can do this. I can go fishing in the morning. I can do this in the <laughs> afternoon. You know, it'll be good. <laughs> I love the uh, I love the little um, wooden sign you have oh, on you the shelf that? behind you. Yeah, my my basketball coach in college actually had a magnet on his fridge that basically said the same thing. We interrupt this marriage to bring you basketball season, which for most coaches is a, is like a year round thing now. It's not it even is. basketball it's not. season. I anymore. stole that from my brother. Actually, yeah. I was a sitting on he coached his daughter when she was she's. Got to be 26, 27 when she's coming up. And I uh I, I actually stole it out of this house. So yes, this yeah. said, take this. I so will I tell t- him. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, coach, the, the, the because of time, I want to jump right into the yeah. topic today. So I, it feels like you see more and more on the news and things like that where you have parents that are getting more and more involved in you know, fighting with coaches, fighting with officials. Um, sometimes it's it's verbal. Sometimes it it gets physical. Unfortunately, it's all unfortunate, but it, it seems like it's becoming more and more commonplace. If you've done any coaching at all, you've you've had interactions with parents. And let me and, and let me just say this as a disclaimer before we even start. Most of my experience with parents, ninety five percent has been fine. It's been great. Like I've had supportive parents. I've had, you know, oh, yeah. You know, good good parents that are on board. They support me. They support their their players. They let me do what I'm doing, and they kind of stay in their lane. Right. Everybody has their roles. Um, right. Coaches, coach, officials, officiate. Parents. Yeah. It's your a player. triangle. Yeah. Yeah. Cheer your players on and stay in your lane. Okay. But there's always, I guess, the five percent that doesn't. And I I'm just making that statistic up. I don't really know if that's five percent. I mean, I would for my career, I think it's even I think it's like ninety seven percent. Ninety now. You yeah, it's hard. It is I, I think one of my co- one of my high school coaches told or told me early in my coaching career, it says it's hard to be rational with an irrational person. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And parents aren't rational. I'm not yeah. rational. I mean well, when I, it comes to your kids, right? One Especially. of the hardest things I one of the I've told people this one of the best things I've ever done and one of the hardest things I've ever done was to coach my son. Mm-hmm. It was the most joyous thing I've ever done in my life, and it was also <laughs> the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah, because you have these two little people talking: one's parent, one's coach. Yes, and they conflict at times. And Absolutely. Going back to what I said, I've had I had a great staff who at times would say you're being too hard or you're not being hard enough or mm-hmm. you, why aren't you playing blah blah blah. So um, it was great, and and yeah. him and I still joke about it. He still thinks I messed up multiple times, did <laughs> play him in specific games and whatever. But and maybe we but, did, right? Who knows? And maybe I did. Yeah. I, I, I probably did because I was probably the other way. So yeah. um, it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard as a parent, hard. and yeah. 
Because uh, uh, most parents will eat their kid before they let anything happen to them. Absolutely, like, yeah. And they're trying to protect them, so they're not being rash. And I get it. I get it. Like, I've coached. I did a, an episode where I had my kids on the show. And one of my my oldest son I coached, and my youngest is my daughter. I coached both of them. And I, I had them kind of recount their experience a little bit to me. My son's experience apparently was great, and he loved it. My daughter's, unbeknown to me, wasn't that great. She didn't really enjoy having me as a coach because she thought I was too hard on her, you know? Right. Um, and so, so there's that. There's always that line as, as a parent coach um, that you're trying to balance. It is, not- and we made a rule, too, for anybody that's out there that's listening as a parent coach. The rule started as um, as soon as we got in the car, um, uh, you know, as soon as we left the, as soon as we got home, we stopped talking about basketball yep. unless he brought it up. Then it got to the car. Cause I was driving him, you know, he's a freshman or something. I'm driving him <laughs> home. He goes, that ain't going to work. As soon as we yeah. walk out of the building, it's done. Yeah. Um, and that helped, that helped a lot. Yeah. Cause it was dad. I separated. I became dad then not coach. It was always oh, coach, good, but, um, and that seems like a good rule to have so that yeah. you can kind of maintain, you know, coach when you need to be a dad when you need to be. So well, let me jump right into some questions here for you, Coach. Uh, we've kind of talked about some of this already, but what are some common challenges that coaches not might face but are going to face with parents? What are some common hurdles that we you know, might need to get over as coaches with, when it comes to dealing with parents? Uh, there's, a, you know, there's lots of hurdles. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I don't think – it's out of most of the time it's out of love that the the reaction of the parent is usually out of love. Sometimes it's yep. out of being a little bit crazy, but mm-hmm. usually it's out of love. Um, I think the obstacles are that they're not watching. And again, this is going back to what I just said, they're watching their son or daughter mm-hmm. play, but they're not watching all the sons and daughters playing. Um, and I think it's, I think that's a hard obstacle to get over as a parent and watching my it was hard when i was coaching my son not to watch him not to watch the team um not to watch the game so how hard is it how hard is it as a coach to watch your kid playing for another coach that's hard right like and to keep your mouth and to keep your mouth shut (laughs) is even harder i think yep yep sorry Um, i didn't mean to cut you off there no but it's true i think it's i think that's a difficult thing um and I think the underlying thing, and, and and we'll probably talk about this in multiple different ways, mm-hmm. is, and this is from a teacher that's taught for a really long time, is at the, near the end of his career, is, um, and I, I do life lessons, I teach statistics, every day I do a life lesson, like stupid ones and mm-hmm. important ones, like... You know, we did a huge one about, you know, your first check, put money into a Roth IRA. Second one is, oh. you know, clip your toenails after the shower. And then we I have was a- gonna say those are important things. I was thinking like, don't eat yellow snow, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, you know? It's stuff like that. But they're all life lessons. They go, <laughs> what do you mean? I said, because your toenails are soft after the shower. That's when you should clip. <laughs> they look at me like I'm from Mars. Anyway, uh, so I talk about all those things. But I also talk about one of my life lessons is is communication. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the, there's multiple triangles going on in basketball again, math teacher, but the biggest one is the player parent coach triangle. And the communication doesn't always flow universally through that yeah. triangle. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important too. And I'll tell, I'll tell a 30 second story about why Please. this is important yep. is my son on my team, sophomore year, 
going into his junior year, I have meetings, I have post meetings with all my players. Okay. And I have my assistant coaches in there because I never have meetings alone because I yeah. want other adult ears to hear what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I had three other coaches in that meeting and myself with my son talked about what he would need to do to play for me his junior year, which is going to be hard. It was going to be hard to senior year he started, but mm -hmm. junior year was going to be hard and all the things that he was going to have to do. And one of them was maybe not play AAU basketball, but work on your skill set and get stronger. Okay. Um, yeah. And told him all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And meeting went well and da, da, da. And he goes home. I walk in the door. My wife lays into me <laughs> because he went home and said, dad said, I won't play next year. Oh, no. That's what he heard, and, right? And that's yeah. what he heard. And yeah. that's not what I said. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. that is the that is the disconnect of the telephone game and the communication game. Sure. That's important. Um and that's why it's important when you have meetings to try to have all the parties together. Because mm -hmm. um, I think that can deal with a lot of it. Deep down, usually the kids know. Yeah. Not always. I've had more than a handful that think they should have been first team all state. And mm -hmm. I didn't, they, I cut them. <laughs> like there's always those. But for the most part, when most of the kids look in the mirror, they know they are not the third best player on the team. Yeah. Yeah. They know they're six, seven, eight. Um, parents maybe not. Um, but I think that I think that communication is super important. Sure. Um, yeah. with breaking some of that stuff down. I don't know if yeah, I answered your question. No, yeah, but. you did. And, and you bring up an excellent point. Communication is so important. And I feel like we'll talk about that throughout the episode. But um I feel like a lot of that and you mentioned having that communication where with people present in person um, in, the, in the age of technology that we're in with texting and email and all that stuff, you can use that stuff. Like that's fine. You use it to your advantage, but so much emotion gets lost in translation when you're dealing with emails and texts, like you can say something in an email and that person could take it completely the wrong way because they don't hear the tone. They don't yep. hear the emotion behind it, you know? So doing that in person, like you mentioned, um, it's crucial, I believe. So good and having those communications. So something I do in my program, and this is probably going to lead to another question later on, but mm -hmm. um, every Sunday I send out communication about what's happening. I mean, you, I, you can't over communicate with parents. You yes. can't like going back to the life lessons. Communication deals with 97% of all problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really does. It's, yep. it, it's that they don't know that, practices yeah. Saturday it's been changed or yeah. that's where your issues as a coach come up is yes you're going to have parents that are upset about playing time and blah 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 and you're not doing the running the right offense and stuff but mm -hmm. most of the time when they circle the wagons it's because <laughs> of other things no you're I'm absolutely just, right being I, real it's you're not yeah. communicating you're not doing you know the buses aren't showing up it's the other stuff is they tend they tend to, that's where they tend to get no you're absolutely right and for any young coaches that are maybe just starting and experience some of this stuff. Uh, Coach Collins is absolutely right that most of that, most of that stuff comes from, they just want to know what's going on, you know, and when they don't, they are, their hairs bristle a little bit. Right. Because um, they, because anybody, because and here's the problem with young coaches, they don't have, they haven't, they haven't had teenage kids. Mm -hmm, yeah. Like listen to the old guys that have had, they don't talk to you. Like yeah. my daughter was connected at my hip when she was mm -hmm. younger and now it's like a halftime. I don't even know where she is. Right. Yeah. Like 
because that's they're, they're growing up. They're yeah, they're, sure. they're flapping their wings and they don't necessarily want to sit and talk to mom and dad. And they yeah. don't tell them that that old thing of like, how did school go today? Great. Like, how's practice? Yeah. Good. You know, yeah. that's what happened. answers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, for the <laughs> most part. <laughs> You get food right. in them. Sometimes it helps, especially well, with my son. Food is like, yeah, it's like drink. You know, sometimes it can open up the, uh, open up the communication channels a little bit as information flows a little freer. Uh, so, next question: How important is it for coaches to set clear expectations and boundaries with parents? Um, you know, maybe I don't know how you do it. You know, at the beginning of the year, whether you have a meeting with them or setting expectations, what you as a coach expect from the parents, what's okay. And the flip side, what's not okay for them to do as parents? Yeah, I think, I mean, I have always done that. I have an early parent meeting in the last couple of years, they've been virtual. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I uh, I think that's really important to set, to, set, to set how things are going to happen. Yeah. Because I think that we do them, we do a, we call it, we have PCN, which is Parent Communication Network. We call mm-hmm. it PCN. And we have a PCN meeting early in the year. Probably, you know, I make cuts on Wednesday or Tuesday. Okay. And by Wednesday or Thursday, I got my parent meeting. Mm-hmm. Boom. Here we go. You know, as soon as I make cuts, here's when the parent meeting is. Yep. And I think it's important to tell the parents how things are going to work, mm-hmm. how your communication is going to work with them and the and the athlete. But more important is when things happen. This is my big issue. When things happen. I got the ACT on Saturday. Well, fine. Mm-hmm. That's great. I want you to go it. But you you need to tell me, you know, the ACT date hasn't changed. Yeah. Right? Give me time. I will make it work so you can go and you don't miss anything, too. Sure. Like, I yep. can change practice. I can. There's things I can do, but I can't do anything when you tell me the night before. Yeah, correct. So what I tell the parents is, here's how things should work. Your athlete should communicate with me first. Mm-hmm. That should be your if if it's playing time, if it's grandma's birthday part, whatever it is. Right. That's what we have to do because that's a life skill. I want to teach them that life skill. Yep. I said the second step is you and them together come talk mm-hmm. to me. Yep. Because I've I, I have very rarely gotten past step two. <laughs> you know, because yep. you know, after player and parents. Then, you know, it's player, parent, maybe athletic director, parent, player, principal, whatever. I very rarely got into steps three or four. Like, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Usually, not, like you said earlier, 97% of problems are dealt with with step one. Mm-hmm. The, the athlete and the play and the, you know, hey, we'll make yeah. it work. Yeah. Sorry, you got, oh, you got baseball and you want to go do, okay, so we got practice at eight. What time does that start? So it teaches them that life skill that you want them to have. Correct. Um, Yep. So I walked through that with the parents. I said, here's how I want things to work. Mm-hmm. And don't call me Saturday at six o'clock. Like yep. it's not going to yep. work that way. Yeah. Like it's not the way it's going to work when they go to college next year. Yep. Or they're going to be a college athlete or they're going to have problems with their professors that you, you know, yep. it's or in a career. It's not going to work career. that way in a career. I just yep. know with my son and, and hopefully my daughter has done better <laughs> She she's she's a COVID. I call her a COVID kid. Yeah. Um, but my son is like, I that was the first I remember in sixth grade he had a problem with a writing thing. Walked out to the car, was complaining about. It. I literally sent him back into this to his elementary school. It was fifth grade, <laughs> and said, "Go talk to the teacher." It was yeah. the best thing I ever did because sure. 
he found out it was not scary. It's like, hey, yeah. what did they do wrong? Blah blah blah. A teacher, it's a fifth grader. A fifth yeah. grader does that. You know, a fifth grade teacher is going to be like, yeah. here, I'm gonna help you. <laughs> oh, it felt yeah. good, and then sure. it's like, and he still does it. You know, he's off at school this summer, and yeah, was at office hours and stuff. So yeah, you're right. I think, and even with employment, I think that's important. Yeah. Let me get off just on a quick rabbit trail, although it may not be a real, you know, long rabbit trail because I think it, it's pertinent to what we're talking about. A couple minutes ago, you mentioned cuts. And as coaches, we all have to make cuts occasionally. What is your, how do you handle that? I know how I do it. I'm curious as to how you do it. And specifically, when you cut a kid, and I think it depends on the age of the kids as well, like maybe elementary, you know, middle school is different. I'm dealing with high school kids. When you cut a kid, do you just have a meeting with the kid and the other coach or do you bring parents into that as well? Yeah. So the way I do cuts is, um, so we'll, we'll do, we'll have, uh, we'll have tryouts until the mm-hmm. end and then I'll grab the coaches. We'll have our last meeting about it. And then, um, uh, what I do is I have them do some, I leave a, a coach in the, this, so again, this is for high school. I leave the coach in the gym with all the players mm-hmm. and I have him send out players with all their stuff. Yep. As soon as I'm done talking to them, I want them to go home. Sure. I don't want yep. to go back in the gym. I don't want that issue or right. anything to happen. So, and then we, you know, keep, keep, cut, keep, cut, keep, mm-hmm. you know, kind of alternate them so they don't know who, because they know the best player in the team is not going to get cut. Right. Yeah. Um. So we alternate kind of figuring out how we're going to send them through but it's me and the assistant coaches and the kid Mm -hmm. um i don't have parents involved i have Mm -hmm. a 24 depending on the group 48 hour rule where i won't talk to anybody about it Mm -hmm. for at least 24 hours um usually sometimes it's 48 depending on the group yeah Um, but i want them to because rational heads are not going to happen then yeah that gives them a chance to process a it gives them a chance and, to process. It gives the kid a chance to process. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard for the parents because part of that is social too. Mm-hmm. You know, this has been their social group. Yeah, and all of a sudden the social group is taken away because their kid's not playing anymore. Right. Um, there's lots of little different things that happen with that, mm-hmm. but um, no, I don't have parents in that initial meeting because, to be honest with you, that initial meeting they don't tend to hear you much other than they didn't make it. Yeah. Um, that's what they hear. Right. Uh, right. They don't hear much more than that. And you have a wide range of emotions from sad mm-hmm. to shocked to angry to like, you name it. I've seen it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The worst uh, day of the year. Horrible. I, day. I Horrible agree. Day. I, I, like that's very similar to how I do it. I mean, I'm not saying that's the perfect way. It was well, coward. It's co- it is cowardly to post the names. It's cowardly. Yeah, I agree. And, yeah. And 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 kids that have put themselves out and tried deserve to talk to you. Sure. Absolutely. Just, they've earned that right. Yeah. And the people that post cuts, you're. I don't care. Yeah. I'm. You're a coward, in my yeah. opinion. You shouldn't be I, coached. I agree yeah. with that, and I also agree with your. Uh, 24, 48 hour rule. If parents are going to have feedback, give them time to process that stuff and maybe to calm down a little bit before they come back at you. Um, I've never had it. I've, I've have, I have a couple coaches. I'm an athletic director at a, at a small school. I have a couple coaches who feel kind of the opposite. Like they need to meet with parents and students together or athletes together to, to make that decision. 
I just I disagree with that. I don't think anything good comes from that initial meeting right away. No, and the problem is you get an angry parent mm-hmm. and then the kids not like you want them to. This is their experience. Right. That's my theory. Mm-hmm. It's not a good one. Um, but it's a, it's again, growth mindset. Sometimes you got to fail to succeed in life. Yeah. And, um, you know, eventually LeBron James will not play basketball anymore. Yeah. Everyone yeah. hangs up their sneakers Thank at goodness. some point. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying it's like, you, yeah. let's be real. Michael Jordan played for 13 so what, and then he hung his shoes up. Yeah. No, definitely. no it's like it, everything happens at some point. So, um, yeah, like, yeah I don't see. I've never heard good experiences nope. with parents and cuts ever. They yeah. are had cuts. No, I agree. I agree. I have a, I have a meeting um, at the beginning of every sports season. And in that meeting, I just encourage parents as, and this is coming for me as the athletic director, not necessarily the coach. I encourage parents to just be, to let kids own their sport, let kids own that, let that be theirs. And parents need to just stay out of it and cheer their kids on be your kid's biggest cheerleader, but let them own what they're doing. Um, let them own the failures. Let them own the successes. Encourage them when they fail. Applaud them when they succeed. Um, other than that, don't meddle and don't and just kind of stay out of it and let them let that be a little microcosm of life that they can learn and grow from and enjoy and let that be their own. You know, part part of part of being a parent. The hardest part is. You, they're going to leave your nest and you want mm-hmm. them to leave the nest and you yeah. want them to be independent. You want to like not worry about what they're doing on a Tuesday night. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like Eagle, I've told this story, Eagles on the bottom of their nest put sharp rocks and sharp glass in the bottom of their nests. Mm. And they do that because the eaglets, when they get bigger, it forces them, the, they get heavier, it forces on and it gets uncomfortable. Hmm. So good. guess what happens? They fly away. Yeah. Right? They leave the nest because huh. it's not comfortable anymore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's the same analogy. Us. Yeah. We want to, that's what you want to do as a coach. It's like yeah. you're, they're pseudo parents. Yeah. 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 Well, another question, what advice do you have for coaches when it comes to handling a particularly difficult parent? And I'm just going to, I don't know if you've ever had to do this or not. I'm just going to throw this out there. I've, I've mentioned this on a couple other podcasts. Um, sometimes I've sometimes I've had ex- really bad experiences with parents where I've tried, I've I've tried to work things out. I've tried to navigate those troubled waters with them and do everything I felt like I could as a coach to make things work. And you get to the point where you just say, you know what? Maybe your child isn't the best fit for this team if we can't make this work. How do you, how do you navigate that that particularly difficult parent? I think you're right. I, it goes back to what I said at the beginning. I don't think you'd be rational with an irrational person. And mm-hmm. I think there's times when they're just not. And you're trying to build a team for the most part, unless you're a yes. track coach or a golf coach or like you're doing right. an individual sport. So I've said that on maybe a couple occasions. Like maybe this mm-hmm. isn't the best fit. Yeah. And it, to be honest with you, never from the third best player on your team. <laughs> I'm just being right. real. No, no like, I get it. Yep. Number nine to tw- 15 yes. usually. Yep. So it's like, I've never, I have never heard or seen this coming from number one or number two mm-hmm. or number three player on your team. Like right. we all know who those guys or gals are. Yep. So, um, yeah, I think, I mean, Yes, I, I've had those discussions. And that, and again, I tell people the most important day you 
for a team, building a team, building culture, is it a you pick the team? Because mm-hmm. maybe that number twelve, and you're keeping fifteen. Maybe you know twelve ain't supposed to be on your team. Yeah, like yeah, gonna you throw something, you throw that chili pepper into the soup. Now the soup doesn't taste as good, or something. You know, <laughs> um, one ingredient yep. can mess it up. Yeah, cool. definitely. Yeah. Um, I had a I had another episode as it aired yet with a high level volleyball coach. Um, and I asked him about his recruiting process. You know, what does he look for in athletes when he's out recruiting? And basically his answer was, you know, it's easy to tell what their skills are right away. Like you can tell in five minutes, you can evaluate, can they hit, can they jump all those things, but they look more for, you know, how respectful are they? Are they a good student? How do they treat their parents? Um, how do they interact with mom and dad? What are their grades like? Uh, would you want to coach that kid? Would you want to play with that kid? Um, and those are the kind of things you're talking about. You know, you, yeah. You, I mean, when you go to these AAU tournaments in the summer for basketball, my mom, who's going to be 85, could pick out the best player in sure. that gym. Right away, you probably pick out the best 10 players. But you know, if you're a mid major, well, how do you how do you differentiate? Well, you look. Yeah. They, you got to look for skill set, but then you look for the X factors. How are they? How are they handling when they get pulled out? How are they handling their teammates? How are they handling the huddles? Mm-hmm. How are they walk? How are they dealing with their parents after the, all that stuff? They're watching it. I'm just yep. telling you, they're yeah. watching all that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So to, to kind of wrap things up and summarize, you know, time's flown by here today, but can you just, how, how is important, how important is good rapport with parents when it comes to building a successful team? That's a difficult question because you have you have you basically can have two avenues of thought. Mm-hmm. You can have the build a relationship with the parents and go out and have the beer with them after the game, mm-hmm. or you separate. Like, yeah. well, I guess uh, it maybe it depends on what your priority and your philosophy is, right? Yes, yes, and I have always kind of kept my circle relatively small. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was obviously a little different when my son was coming up, but still I kind of, cause you're the one that has to make the final decision on playing time and those yeah. kind of things. Um, you know, I think that's a difficult, I think, I think it's, I, I think it's important to have a great rapport. I think it's important to know that they, the, the most important thing is that they need to know that, that you love their kid, sure. like that you'll take care of their kid. That's a great point. Yep. And I think that's like, I think that's the biggest thing that, Mm -hmm. you know, when we lost this year in the regional final, you know, you could tell with the tears and the hugs that I get it, you know, teenage boys don't give a lot of hugs. Yeah. Um, But when things are good or really bad, they (laughs) tend to be very emotional. Mm -hmm. Um, And you could feel that I, the parents could feel that at the banquet, they could feel it at the end of the season because it was special. It was a special group. It was a special thing and it's like that's what you want you want every year to be that Mm -hmm. um where they feel that connection with you yeah Um, and good i guess good rapport doesn't be best friends right because you're gonna have to make you're gonna have to make hard decisions for them for their kids so yes yes and you have to be honest and you're gonna have to be like here's what can really happen and here's what will happen and you know your son's oversized or undersized or not quick enough and mm-hmm. you sometimes have to have some of those courageous conversations which sure. which are hard yeah absolutely absolutely well coach it's been good to have you on here today we're almost out of time you you are super easy to talk to i feel like you and i think a lot alike maybe that's what it is um 
but it's, it's keep up the good work. I'm excited about listening to more of your podcasts. And now that I know you have seven of them, I'll be looking all ah, those up. Good. You look all those up. Subscribe, all those subscribing up. to all of them. But um, thanks for being on today. I appreciate you and the, and the investment that you're awesome. making in the lives of Awesome. Kids and keep up the good work. All right. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm going to, you're going to go over and leave a five star on Spotify and iTunes I'm for do me. It. All right. I'm going to do it. Thanks. <laughs> Have a good day. All right. Bye bye. Today was a fun episode for me and I hope you enjoyed it as well. I'm going to leave you today with a quote from John C. Maxwell. And the quote is this Good leadership isn't about advancing yourself, it's about advancing your team. So good luck, coaches, and coach on.